Welcome, everyone, to the Friday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I can always say that very happily because it's the best version of the podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley. And yes, we are going to be talking about mortgage rates in a little bit, but we got to start with the hotly anticipated CPI reports, the Consumer Price Index from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And I got to say, we're picking up 2022 right where we left off 2021. Month over month, the Consumer Price Index increased 0.6% compared to the estimates of 0.5%. And year over year, the All Items Index increased 7.5% compared to economist estimates of 7.3%. That 7.5 number is the highest we have ever seen year over year since 1982. So it's been a while. It's uh, That was a year after I was born and I turned 40 last year. So it's been a hot minute. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, in case you are wondering, core CPI is now 6%. So even the people that go, oh, well, you got to look at the core numbers. You can't take those fluctuating products like food and energy. Core CPI, 6%. That is still a massive number when talking about inflation. So speaking of one of those items that you take out, when you're talking about core CPI, food prices saw a huge jump in January. They almost jumped one full percentage point. They were up 0.9% and they are now up year over year, 7%. Food prices, 7%. And when you break it down, it gets even worse. Meat, poultry, and fish saw the smallest growth for the month. So that was some relief, only up 0.3%, but are still up 12.2% year over year, followed by cereals and bakery products are up 6.8% and fruits and vegetables up 5.6%. Now I did see, this was good news, uh, bacon fell, I think 1% (laughs) month over month or 0.1%. It fell a little bit. Um, So that was one of the meat products that actually saw a slight decline, which is why the month over month number wasn't that big. But we're still talking about double digits for most meat products across the board year over year. And here's something interesting. The spread between food at home and food away from home continues to grow. So now we got food at home is up 7.4% and food away from home is up 6.4%. So we got a one point spread there between those two categories. I mean, this continues. It'll be great for restaurants because (laughs) you're going to have all these people like, why am I buying food and taking it home? I can just go eat at a restaurant. It'll be almost the same price. Uh, One of those other items that gets removed from core CPI energy prices Well, they remain elevated up 0.9% month over month and now year over year in total 27%. Gasoline prices, here's some relief, zero growth. Zero growth month over month, but still up 40% year over year. That's down though from the 49% year over year that we saw last month. So it's, you know, better. That's 40% better than 49%, but we're still talking about gas prices up 
percent. And anyone that's filled their car up lately knows that that's not a welcome sight or something that you want to see. Now, when it comes to commodities, still leading the pack by far, used car and truck prices jumped 1.5% month over month. So just from December to January, 1.5%. They are now up year over year, 40.5%. That is a very large number. Uh, New vehicles, oddly enough, were number two in the commodity category. They were up 12.2% year over year. So, I mean, we're almost getting to like an arbitrage opportunity where you can like go buy a new car and then immediately try and sell it as a used car and possibly make money on that transaction. You know, I bought a car about uh, six, seven months ago, and I'm not lying. I've thought like, hmm, I wonder if I were to sell this, if I could almost sell it for more than I paid for it. Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I, I have to look at the numbers. Is there an arbitrage opportunity there? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, tobacco. Tobacco was number two. That product was up 7% year over year. Luckily, tobacco is not as widely used as it used to be back in the day, but there are still a lot of people that use tobacco products. That's up 7%. And apparel at uh, number four was up 5.3% year over year. And then the big item, I think this makes up one-third of CPI, and rightfully so, because it's everyone's biggest cost, and that is shelter. And shelter prices continue to rise, though probably not as much as you would think. I mean, when you're looking at what home prices are doing year over year, when you look at this data, you're like, oh, that's actually not so bad. So shelter prices did rise. However, it was the lowest monthly gain since August 2021, For this uh, January, we saw 0.4% and year over year up 4.4%. And rents, interestingly enough, had a stronger month. I guess if you want to look at it that way, we're up 0.5%. But year over year, we're up 3.8%. And meanwhile, ownership was up 0.4% month over month and year over year up 4.1%. So not long before rents probably overtake home ownership. And you can see that right now with just these rental markets going nuts. Rent prices are even crazier than what's happened with housing, even though housing is not settled down, as we have talked about many a times here on the podcast. So regardless of what category you look at, there's a really funny tweet that I saw. Someone said, if you take out food, energy, used cars, new cars, like all these categories... (laughs) They said inflation's still up like 0.9% month over month. And if you annualize that, you're talking about 9%. And they're pointing out that like everything is hot right now. So this isn't just like for a while there, there was this, well, you know, used car prices and new cars and energies, you know, fluctuates and, and, you know, food prices fluctuate, but you know, everything else is pretty normal. That's not the case anymore. Everything is hot. And so that, of course, leads to the next discussion that we've had this week here on the podcast. What's going to happen with the next Fed meeting? It was funny. I think it was on Wednesday's podcast. We discussed there was a I can't remember. It was an op ed from I think it was either the Journal or the or Bloomberg. And somebody said, well, that's it. You know, the 50, 50 basis point rate hike is gone. It's it's gone bye bye. 
And then we had a piece uh, in Bloomberg on Thursday from Steve Matthews, and I can't remember who the other gentleman was that wrote it. And they said, well, it actually depends on what happens with the CPI report. And so here we are, we have the CPI report, and well, let's just say conventional wisdom is now leaning towards the 50 basis point hike in March. Uh, In fact, Neil Irwin over at Axios said on Twitter after the report, quote, I'm not saying a 50 basis point hike is, is going to be on the table in March, but I'm saying if Powell wants it to be on the table, they need to get moving on communicating that possibility. And if there's one thing we know about Jerome Powell and his tenure at the Fed is that he likes to telegraph his moves. He wants his moves known. He doesn't want to surprise the markets. Because there have been some people who have said they got to raise rates now. Whatever playbook he had, this inflation's out of control. He has to raise rates now. I don't think he's going to do that. At least that would be very out of character. Something else would have to be going on for him to make that move. So Neil Irwin tweets that and says, hey, he better start getting that messaging out there. I mean, maybe two hours later, maybe two hours later, Bloomberg reports St. Louis Federal Reserve President James Bullard said on Thursday that he has become dramatically more hawkish in light of the hottest inflation reading in nearly 40 years. And he now wants a full percentage point of interest rate hikes over the next three U.S. Central Bank policy meetings. Buller told Bloomberg News not long after this report came out saying, quote, I'd like to see 100 basis points in the bag by July 1st. With only three Fed meetings between now and July 1st, Bullard's comments point to at least one half percentage rate hike. And if you're going to do it, I mean, why wouldn't you just right out of the gate and just let everyone know where the Fed stands? So, you know, Neil, you know, Neil Irwin says that, and he was saying what most people were thinking, which is, hey, if they're going to do this, they better start laying the groundwork. And then, boom, within two hours, the groundwork begins to get laid. And I will tell you, I've now also seen that Citigroup is predicting a 50 basis point hike at the March meeting. So it look it's pretty amazing. And I think it was Joel Weisenthal over at Bloomberg who was pointing out that, I mean, what was it, three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago after the last Fed meeting? I, I think it was three weeks ago. And it was like, well, maybe there'll, maybe there'll be another rate hike. Maybe there'll be one in March. It's, it's likely there's going to be one. But there was still a question. There was still a question if there was going to be one. (laughs) Now here, now it's like, we're definitely going to have one. Is it going to now be 50 basis points? I mean, I've seen some predictions that it could be 75 basis points, which I mean, that would be, that would surprise a lot of people. But there are some people who are saying, hey, it's not completely off the table. And who knows? I mean, we could have some other report come out. I mean, what if PCE came in just on fire? I don't, I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm not writing anything off. I will say I am not. What's the, what do they say? Never say never. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so we will see what happens. But uh, that was a, that was a very hot report. And seven point five percent. When's the last time? Eighty two. It's been a while. And think. I mean, and not only is it a long time ago, but it also means most people are not familiar with this type of inflation. We've had such low inflation for so long. It's going to be an even bigger shock to our economy because so many people just have never seen this before, including me. I mean, I was one when we saw last time we saw inflation like this. All right. So obviously this is hitting rates 
everyone moving and saying 50 basis point hike, that's going to have an impact on rates. And of course it does. So yesterday, we also got data from the Freddie Mac weekly mortgage survey looking at what the average rate is based on their information. Now, this, of course, comes out in the morning at around 10 a.m. So this report comes out at 8.30. And so I kind of felt like this was old information by the time it came out because so much had changed. It's like that great line in, what was that movie? The Rock, that phenomenal movie with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage where Nicolas Cage is going on and on about how he, you know, he shouldn't bring a child into this world and then his girlfriend tells him she's pregnant and she says you didn't actually believe what you were just saying about how you know anyone bringing a child in the world would be an act of cruelty and he goes well I did at the time she goes at the time it was five minutes it was you know it was ten seconds ago and he goes well a lot's changed <laughs> and it's like that's kind of what happened I mean it might have only been two hours but a lot changed in that two-hour window. So the report coming out at 10 a.m., the 30-year fix, the average rate jumped. I mean, it was already up. It jumped a whopping 14 basis points. And that was after it had been pretty kind of level for the last two weeks. We hadn't really seen any movement. It jumped 14 basis points to 3.69%. That is now 96 basis points higher than one year ago. That's a, That's, you know... It's almost a full point. <laughs> I have a feeling the next survey will probably be showing that. Uh, the 15-year fix saw an even bigger jump, up 16 basis points to 2.93%. They are now up 74 basis points from one year ago. Sam Cater, the Freddie Mac chief economist, said we are essentially back to pre-pandemic levels, saying, quote, the normalization of the economy continues as mortgage rates jump to the highest level since the emergence of of the pandemic rate increases are expected to continue due to a strong labor market and high inflation which will likely have an adverse impact on home buyer demand which based on inventory levels wouldn't be the worst thing just throw that out there slowing down on demand a little bit and let inventory catch up would not be a bad thing so in case you're wondering this is the highest rate freddie mac has reported since january 2nd 2020 when it had rates at 3.72%. So that was before the pandemic. That was, and then it was just, it was just a little bit. It was a little tiny story coming out of China. Something happened in Wuhan. We, uh, whatever. It was funny because at that time I was actually going to a destination wedding in the Bahamas. I know horrible life. I live <laughs> and a lot of us were joking about it on the plane. Like, Oh no, coronavirus or COVID or whatever we were calling it at that time. And we all were kind of, you know, we didn't know it was going to happen. And, you know, here we are two later. But that was before. That was before anything started was January 2nd, 2020, 3.72%. So the Mortgage Bankers Association, just a reminder, out on Wednesday had the average contract interest rate up five basis points to 3.83%, which they had as being 87 basis points higher than one year ago. So that's one of the interesting things about the Mortgage Bankers Association survey and Freddie Mac is the Mortgage Banker Association number is higher, but the Freddie Mac survey has the spread bigger. So they're almost one full point versus the Mortgage Bankers Association that's still only at 87 basis points. And just to give you a heads up, like I said, a lot happened from when this report came out and then what happened with rates today 
Matthew Graham over at Mortgage Daily News reported that the daily index at the Mortgage Daily News website a little afternoon had rates at 4.02%. And so you remember a while ago, probably in December, seems longer, but they were saying that, oh no, if rates get to 4%, it's going to cause this just crash with demand. And we're arguably there. And where is it? And then I think I saw a, a revision. Someone said, well, no, no, four and a, four and a half. Four and a half. They had to move it up because as we got closer to four, we weren't seeing demand drop off. And so I don't know. I mean, clearly, yes. I mean, when rates move up, people are just naturally going to get pushed out because they're no longer going to be able to afford home. I mean, that's just the reality. Some people are on that you know, bubble and on that line of being able to afford a home, rates move up a little bit, boom, they're, you know, they're off. And so they have to wait. And so it's naturally, I'm not saying it has no impact. And there are people who are going to be kind of sticker shocked when it seemed like just yesterday rates were at two something. And now we're talking about four. So that is going to be sticker shock to some people. But I will tell you that with inventories <laughs> levels at where they are uh, and demand where it is, we could see a little demand drop off and we're still going to be having some issues with inventory. Just, it's just so low. I mean, that's, it's just the inventory levels are so crazy low right now that even if demand were to be, see a big chunk taken out, you would still have problem finding homes. I mean, it wouldn't be as bad, but it's just, we've never seen levels like this before. So that's the bigger issue. And I will say it was funny because I was talking uh, to my boss today about that. And I said, it's, you know, I read all these reports and I said, what I've noticed is the people in real estate continue to focus on inventory. And a lot of people outside of real estate, when talking about real estate, talk about rates. And so they say, oh, when rates get to here and rates get to there, it's going to be a big problem. And everyone in real estate's like, hey, it's, it's inventory. That's the concern right now. And so if rates push demand down a little bit, that would not be a horrible thing. I will say. All right, we got to go. Oh, a little long today. A little longer podcast. Here I thought only doing two stories and the podcast would be shorter. And man, was I guess we got a lot to get to <laughs> on one of the days where that is actually a true statement. It ends up being a longer podcast. All right, you guys enjoy your Friday. I'll see you here Monday morning. Don't forget, sign up for the Markets and Mortgages Companion Newsletter. You can do that at Markets and mortgages.com. And like I said, I'll talk to you guys Monday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. Can I say that one more time? All right. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.